Shakti's podcast on the race straight from back to Azerbaijan. And we and I hope you've checked out our previous podcast, which is the qualifying podcast of uh, Azerbaijan. And after a crazy qualifying yesterday, we thought it would normally be just a normal race. But I think Baku always has surprises for all of us. What a crazy race! I mean, we don't have words to describe how cool that race was. And for the ones who haven't really watched the race, uh, I urge you to to go and watch a replay. But I think this podcast will sort of tell you as to what has happened. So the highlight is that Sergio Perez beats uh, Seb Vettel to the line, and unfortunately, the lead Red Bull of Max Verstappen crashed out. But we'll be talking about a lot of things. So on the panel today, we have Arif, we have Rohan, and Shubham. So thank you guys for joining in and uh, and uh, helping me, uh, you know, debrief this entire race. So let's start with uh, Arif. Uh, I hope Arif, you're here. A very good Man, evening I'm to here. you. A very good evening to you. And uh, what's your thought on the race? I mean, a quick th- thought on how this entire race unfolded. What was your take on it? First of all, a very good evening to all. Hope you guys have enjoyed. Hope you guys have enjoyed the race. And yeah, I would love to. I would like to say that it was again a damn interesting race. And Baku has always been there. Was providing us the best of the races of the of the that season, and the way this race went on was quite interesting. Initially, was Stephen going going hard and fast and taking over Hamilton. So basically, Hamilton taking over Leclerc and then Stephen taking over, taking them both and gaining the race. It was jammed out, but the real interesting thing was in the last when the tire sudden suddenly started going brown and. Uh, It was first of all Stroll, whose left, whose left tire got punctured, and then first Stephen. The main, the main reason was Stephen. Um, that's what. That's what made the race very, very interesting. Thank you, Arif. Thank you so much for that. Uh, so as Arif said, a lot of things have happened, and yeah. So we'll be discussing each of these one by one. We'll start off with Charles Leclerc's getaway from pole position. The scarlet red Scuderia getting off the line. He had a good getaway, but yes, he was a sitting duck. He basically was punching the hole for Hamilton and Verstappen eventually to get past him. Shubham, what are your thoughts on the overtakes that took place on lap number two and lap number seven, where Hamilton and Max got the Ferrari man? Well, let's start off with. Uh, I will start off with the starting of the whole race. So, let's uh, give. Uh, let's give a big round of applause for. Sergio Perez for mastering his start. He was P9. He qualified uh, P9, not sorry, P7, and he moved up to P4, which was uh, like it was lightning quick for uh, Perez and Red Bull. As for Max, Max was as usual on the best performance he was on today, but uh, and he pushed himself very hard. And not being in the aggressive way he used to do before, he used it in a much more skillful and more calm way. And as for Leclerc, I think he was just a sitting duck uh, in front of Lewis and Max. To be very honest, let's talk through about uh, like when I started to watch the overtakes. This. of course that back end uh, straight was one of the possible places to overtake because the truck track itself is quite twisty so uh, 
we see Max following him, getting a very good sleep stream. And then DRS was open and he got the chance and he took it. That was a pretty good move from Max's side. As for uh, Lewis, Lewis's starts are excellent as you we all know. And so it was pretty much that's all. Uh, what was interesting though was Perez attacking Mac, uh, like Leclerc in a very skillful way. Uh, as we know, Perez hasn't been the way he has been uh, for the first five races, but uh, for the first time it felt like Perez was in form with the car. And now he, it felt like he was, he was slowly understanding the driving style of the car and was slowly adapting to it. And he just went for the move and that was too an excellent move. Uh, as for Leclerc, uh, there was not much to do for Leclerc. I basically, it, I think it's all up to the aero maybe and somewhat related to the uh, strategy which Ferrari followed, but still. Ferrari gave their best. I mean, Leclerc was uh, was on pole and he performed pretty well. So, yeah, Ferrari do have pace, but Ferrari do not have that much of a race pace as a total. Uh, I think they need to fix that up a bit. Rest, I think Red Bull and Mercedes were on par this week. Although in Mercedes, in perspective, I'm meaning about Lewis, not Valtteri, because Valtteri was pretty much off the pace for the whole uh, round and maybe it will be a week to forget for him. He has a lot. That's it. Thank you for the insightful uh, talk on Seb. And yes, I think Seb was just exceptional since lap one. And he always had the fire in his eyes to outperform the Aston Martin. But uh, Aston Martin reminds me of the other one who's driving the same car, which is Lance Stroll. Uh, so basically, the uh, Crofty had predicted that, uh, you know, there would be someone who'd be taking the gamble, starting the race on the hard tire, moving on to the soft, where the car would have the uh, low fuel load. And, uh, you know, that would really help Stroll give an advantage. And, you know, he could make some last minute overtakes, which would really um, help him to get a few more positions. And it was really looking good for both Aston Martins to finish in the points, just like Monaco. But, and, and Pirelli did say that, you know, it'll last 40 laps. And uh, Shubham, if you're there, I just need an insight on the tyres. What exactly happened? Please explain to us if you have uh, like a sort of an idea. You know, even Max Verstappen, 33 laps, his left rears just collapsed. Lance Stroll, 31 laps, rears collapsed. And then everyone's crying to the FIA for a red flag. And that's how we had a brief halt uh, of 20 minutes in the race. So uh, would you, what, what's your comment on these hard tyres? And we've had tyre problems before. If you remember Silverstone last year, Pirelli said that they would move, a, that they would go a certain distance. And, you know, Hamilton finished the race with three tyres. And, you know, even Carlos Sainz had a tyre failure. And what's this deal of tyres where Pirelli just predicts it wrong? Is it going to hamper races in the future? Uh, well, uh, let's first talk about, uh, if you uh, think about the tires, uh, the tires vary differently over the compounds and as well as track surface and temperature. As you know, uh, if you know this or not, Brit, uh, like Silverstone and Azerbaijan have been uh, such tracks which remain pretty hot over the time when the races are held, as well as uh, one great fact which most of people don't know that Silverstone surface is pretty much abrasive on the tires. 
So Sylvester has like Sylvester has seen such kind of tire failures over like uh, for example 2013 Silverstone, 2014 Silverstone, and even uh, 2017 when both uh, Seb and Kimi suffered tire failures, but they, they were in one two positions of the race. So yeah, it it has been pretty normal about the fact like tire failures depend on various things like. Specifically, I think for Azerbaijan, it was the temperature because the temperature was pretty high, around 31 to 33 degrees Celsius was the temperature. And as well as the, uh, it's a street circuit. So uh, every day people go through and of course, there will be some uh, like, you know, abrasivity over the track surface. Moreover, what I felt that uh, like at some tracks, you can push the tires to your limits, like let's say Portima. Because we saw at Portimao, we saw Perez putting 40 laps on soft tires. Even Lance Stroll put around 30 to 36 laps. So it also depends on the chassis and the driving style. Like if you drive like Max, you can, but not necessarily always. You drive like a Grosjean, you can now, never. Because your aggressiveness and your pace depends a lot on the tires. So yeah, I think most likely it would be a thing of the soft surface and maybe the temperature, most likely. Also, it depends on the chassis whether the uh, tire temperature or tire management can be done that way or not. And as for RB, I have not seen that much of a good tire management from Max's side, but I've seen it uh, in an excellent way among uh, Sergio Perez. So yeah, I guess it's, that's all. And as for Lance getting out and Max getting out, it was like pretty unfortunate for both the sides. So back to you, Aryan. Thank you, thank you, Shubhama. Very good insight on the tires and the entire situation is what's happening and Pirelli just not getting the proper compound maybe, guys. Uh, so, uh, so moving on from these tires, and uh, so basically, I want to move to this phase of the race, which is very important, where Verstappen spun. He was leading the race six seconds ahead. He was comfortable. He was looking really good in the Red Bull. 47 laps. And then suddenly, just before the line, Verstappen swerves the car, tries to get control, but ends up in the one. Probably every F1 fan's heart probably just has, probably has stopped for a minute because it was a high-speed shunt, and it was Max Verstappen. Everyone is sort of, you know, a Max Verstappen fan. We all want to see a new World Drivers' Champion. And Verstappen had a golden opportunity to get such a big lead over Lewis Hamilton. And, you know, that went in vain. So, sad, yes, but uh, I would like to know from Rohan, if you're there, Rohan. Uh, the moment Verstappen hit the wall, what was your reaction? See, so, yeah. I, in particular, I'm a Lewis Hamilton fan and a Mercedes fan. But even even then, I was really just gutted. That's what I will say. I was simply gutted because he was leading the race so well. And this is... And Verstappen hasn't made a mistake this year. That he has matured so much as a racer, as a person. And... Uh, if you if you see him in in his earlier stages, you will see that he 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 kept making mistakes to a um, uh, to a level to a certain level where people just used to stop him to tell that he should just stop crashing into random people. From there to becoming the 
world content a uh, world championship contender so he had he had faced a lot he has sacrificed a lot and he has come way, come a long way and uh, when he crashed i mean i i have seen a similar thing in brazil if i if the memory serves right there also verstappen spun and he just masterfully took the control back and he continued with the race the, and this was when he when it was raining hard and we know that brazil is a is a, is a very a very fast circuit if you lose control you are most you are most probably going to end up in the wall but uh, then again if i say if i talk about azerbaijan so you know this uh, i think somewhere that uh, the same issue the tire issue uh, constituted to this crash and uh, man it was just heartbreaking there is absolutely no other way to define other than this that it was simply heartbreaking and heart wrenching to see verstappen crash into the wall yeah and especially from the lead you know i mean it is absolutely heartbreaking for any fan even if you're a rival if even if you support the rival of max for hamilton your case Sorry, it's absolutely it's just a very thinking it's a very bad feeling and i completely agree with you and thank you for that uh so moving on from there and uh, yeah so we've had two terrible accidents so, and uh, as predicted by some of us that we would have a red flag session as and, uh, we we also saw the insightful radio communication between the different teams and the FIA where they actually pleaded the FIA to red flag the session for the safety of the drivers and i i, I want to now get to this point of the race where uh, you know this just before max crashed out you know the the battle between Sergio Perez and Lewis Hamilton. Uh, I think we'll ask Arif to provide some insight on this. Lap after lap after lap, Hamilton with DRS was just not being able to pass Sergio. And uh, would you comment that Merck the car that was meant to overtake a Red Bull despite the long straight? So, whose side are you on? Let's hear from. Yeah, I am deaf. Hello, am I am I audible or not? Absolutely audible. Okay, yeah, I am definitely on the Sergio Perez side because uh, I know he's doing a very brilliant job at Red Bull in this season, especially. And not it's not only all it's not always about the numbers. No doubt he has got the like after five or five or six races, he has got the maximum number of points with respect to the two earlier Red Bull drivers. Over, over raising that tip, and but yeah, this it's it's the style of Sergio Perez, the way he drives the car, the way he masters the car, it's pretty brilliant. And and he, I, I'm not good to say, I'm taking, I'm it's not good to say, but yeah, he also world championship material. So every time Lewis Hamilton, so he knew what Lewis Hamilton is, uh, thinking at that time, the way like he. The only thing he did that he tried to create a gap as as far as possible by going fast into the corner by going taking the corners in the faster row so that despite of the fact that Hamilton has a better pace on the straight he will not be able Hamilton will not be able to overtake Sergio Perez and sometimes it was even the two of the Stepan even though Stepan was uh, like uh, three or two or three seconds ahead of him but still the two was there uh, the two was there and that two was helping him a lot. Whenever, whenever Hamilton was catching him on the the at one point four miles straight of Baku, so 
I would like to say yeah, that that was the thing, and that's it. But yeah, Perez was Perez did a great job, no doubt. And and the end of the day, it paid him. Like if the stop agent, if if you if you can go through the stop of Sergio Perez, it also took 4.1 second, I think so. If it would have taken the normal 2.1 or 2 seconds like that, he would have a two two second advantage over Stefan, and who knows? He might have he might have led the race at that time, and then he had a pace. And now I think it's the Red Bull who are going to going to scratch their heads because now Perez is literally creating now Perez is closing the gap to the Stefan. So it will be quite nice to see how the as as the season folds on, it will be quite interesting to see how Red Bull handles Sergio Perez. That's it. Over to you, man. Thank you, Arif. Thank you so much. And yes, sir, you can just see Sergio Perez getting used to the Red also, Bull car. Maybe you've got. Uh, yeah, I, Rohan. If Rohan. I could pitch in. Yes, so yes. The, I've also seen as a Mercedes fan that I've been following through years. So the thing is that um, Mercedes does not behave well when it comes in dirty air. So until so until and unless the the Mercedes car is in out front, or it it has a certain amount of gap, it will go like a rocket. But the moment it comes under dirty air, so as you could see. So the brilliance of Sergio Perez was that, uh, uh, as per FIA rule, so under braking you can only move towards one side, and this is where Sergio used his brain amazingly because he knew that Mercedes cannot do much in the dirty air, so he cannot overtake him near the uh, near the corners. So he always made sure he that that he took the inner line, therefore blocking Hamilton from coming com- because Hamilton is really good on braking and if he if you give him the inside line he is gonna take it and he is gonna crack you. open so yeah so absolutely I, think, i agree i agree see this is absolutely thank you rohan that's comes. pretty insightful see, that's yeah. pretty insightful as to how the merc doesn't behave very well in uh, you know the bad air or the dirty air as we call it exactly and yes hamilton and hamilton if you give him space he is going to just grab it i mean you don't need to give him a second invitation that's absolutely there you never want But, him in uh, your mirrors you never want to absolutely. want him to give, give space Not even, not, even not, not even an inch. Not even an inch. Absolutely. Uh, very quickly, we'll be talking about a few other drivers who performed well. Uh, I think we've discussed Leclerc. Vettel has been outstanding, and we've also had. But I want to talk about the guy who finished third. I have a lot of sympathy for him, man. He's always had my heart. Pierre Gasly. I mean, from being thrown out of Red Bull to a win in Monza to a sensational qualifying yesterday. P four and then you know getting the podium despite Charles Leclerc overtaking him twice in the very same lap on the last lap he kept his composure used the slipstream again of Leclerc to get him back and you know positioned the car beautifully across the final part to ensure that he finished way ahead of Leclerc on the line. Ah, uh, any one of the any one of you maybe Rohan or Arif or both of you if you all could provide some insight on Pierre Gasly's performance today because I think. If we are complimenting Vettel and we are complimenting Perez, we deserve to compliment Pierre Gasly. So, if anyone could just uh, compliment Pierre Gasly, Rohan, let's go to you. Okay. So, see the PR, uh, like I said, so Red Bull is a very difficult car to drive. I'm being very really honest with you, Aryan, because the thing with the Red Bull is, uh, and this has not been the case just this year. This has been the case uh, in uh, in 2010 and 2020 13 as well. They build a car around a single driver, and then they expect that that the other driver drives the same car. 
so you know there are some setting changes and obviously gasly is not really the racy kind of person he is not really that racy he's very composed he knows when he needs to take a move uh, whereas max max is uh, max is racy max is impulsive and also he's witty he is he is very witty so yeah what i believe about pierre gas pierre gasly is that uh, obviously gasly did good this race i mean he qualified he, where did he qualify he qualified 8th right he qualified 4th yes, gasly was 4th yes, he qualified 4th and then from yeah. so you are in a in a toro Ros- i mean in a alpha tauri alpha tauri yes and from there you know that uh, teams are and the cars around you are really racy and they are fast so imagine being in that pressure and still outperforming them now that's what a true master class is defined so yeah i would say that uh, he maintained his composure he knew when to overtake he dis- he was disciplined and discipline is very important when you are driving a race car especially in a track where like azerbaijan where a single single wrong wrong turn can make can can lead a heavy mistake and it's evident by the way so yeah thank you thank you so much for that and uh, since we don't want to keep this long so we'll just move on to the last segment of this uh we had a red flag and i want to discuss post that two laps we had a standing start where hamilton just blew off the chance of a championship advantage shubham i think you've been quiet and i think you want to sum up this last part of qualifying on the last part of the race i'm so sorry post the red flag when the lights went out one more time what was the reaction what was this so let's start with the build up uh, to be honest i was very scared that will perez be able to block hamilton will he be after max got out i mean i have seen him his defensive moves before also but still in a red bull would he be able and he had older tires than uh, hamilton so i was a bit scared and then the race started and we saw uh, lewis's brake fuming all over and smoking all around and then hamilton had made his move but it was too late his move was ambitious as for sure he needs to do that because his main rival is out of the race but that wasn't enough for him because his car locked up and he just lost his place like as if someone is drowning with a stone with his hand in the lake so after that we saw an excellent fight between gasly leclerc and norris proving why these three are just the future champions in waiting and why should f1 keep these kind of drivers absolutely going three wide and two wide among all the turns turn 2 turn 3 turn 4 and turn 5 fighting for the uh, the last podium position meanwhile seb was excellent seb just remained and kept his calm he moved ahead he just following uh, paris and just like the usual seb we see is a cool calm composed and holding on to his position doing his job as he does perfectly and let's move to the th- last part which is the most interesting part like 51st lap and we see leclerc and gasly still fighting leclerc makes a move and goes ahead of gasly in the starting in the last laps first turn 
and soon Gasly makes another move excellently uh, like going down the inside of Leclerc at turn two and just picking his podium position back, deserving why he is pretty good. And that to in an Alfa Tauri against Ferrari and McLaren, which are much more well-established teams. I mean, that that show, shows how much skilled he is and how much experience he has. That man needs a better car, for sure. And with the guy's performance in qualifying being equally consistent, this man, this man can be a world champion in future, for sure. Let's continue with the facts. I'm just getting a bit too out of hand. <clears throat> so we see Leclerc and Norris just fighting up for the grabs up last position of the podium. And we see them constantly fighting for the fight. And we even see them fighting at till the very end. And in all of this, we see Alonso pushing back and showing his skills on being one of the most experienced drivers on the grid. His quality wasn't good. He was pretty behind. And then he made up places. And even he, although he got passed on by Yuki Sunoda, he passed him back. And again, he finished P6, which is pretty good. And as for Gasly, we must just give him a hats off for blocking two of the most bloody good rivals he has had, both being Lando and Leclerc. And just blocking two of the most, much stronger cars than his teams. And as for the rest, we it was just an excellent race. It was just more than anything. We and I'm like I was I was actually pretty happy about uh, Perez and Seb and Gasly because all three of them had been demoted from their older teams. I mean, Seb got pretty bad treatment from Ferrari back in 2020. Max uh, almost trashed Gasly in 2019. And after that, in the AlphaTauri, he had a good year. And in 2020, as we saw him win. So you can say it was complete redemption day today because each of the teams redeemed them, themselves. Perez redeemed himself to uh, Aston Martin or Racing Point, whatever you can say. Seb redeemed himself to Ferrari. And Gasly again proving Marco that he is a quality driver. Just he needs a proper car. And stop rebuking him for his unnecessary, uh, like, you know, the older years. So, yeah, it was an excellent race. The end was particularly phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you. So, Thank over you, to you. See, I would like yeah, to pitch in more, uh, Aryan. So, the thing is, Absolutely. after, after a bore fest like Monaco, Honestly, I would say that Azerbaijan has obviously did the the job that it has done in the last years as well, <laughs> which is that uh, they have uh, see uh, Baku has always proven to be interesting no matter what, and uh, it it's kind of an underdog underdog uh, I would say arena if you see Lance Stroll, then if you see. Uh, um, Sergio Perez, Gasly, then Vettel in uh, Aston Martin. So you you see, Baku has always been like an uh, an underdog arena. But then again, over to you, Aaron. Yeah, thanks, man. 
Thank you. And yes, it has absolutely been. And I think none of us here would have a problem if Baku came back for another race this year, given that these races are getting cancelled across for the COVID-19 uh, lockdowns and restrictions. We would love this. I mean, we always, we, we Formula fan, one fans, we always live up to these kind of races. And apps, as you said, after a boring Monaco, this was what we actually needed. Uh, just uh, one last thing before I move to the last part of this podcast is uh, uh, I, I also want to talk about uh, Lando's recovery drive. He got a penalty, which dented his confidence to some extent. He fell down to P9, but he finished P5. And you could say that that was in the memory of the McLaren shareholder. I think his name was Mansoor Roger. And they also had a minute of silence for him. And I think uh, we all should agree that we should all give each of the driver a big round of applause, if we can, for driving in a tough track like Azerbaijan. Turn 15 has been a menace for everyone. No one's crashed into turn 15 in the race. They've had a very good amount of concentration. And despite seeing, you know, spins and people losing the hard tire so easily, I mean, hats off to these guys. I mean, the two high-speed shunts were extremely bad. And we all had our hearts in our mouth. But uh, all said and done, so we've got Perez, Vettel, Gasly, Leclerc and Norris as our top five. But I want to ask you, before leaving or before quitting this podcast, and I just want to ask you all one small question a winner and a loser that you have to pick from this race. And let's try and pick different people out. Let's not pick up the same people like by saying Perez is the winner and, you know, the Mazepin is the loser. Let's pick up different people. Uh, so, Shubham, I'll start with you quickly in, you know, as quick as you can. A winner and a loser across this race. Uh, well, I, if I had to pick a winner, it has to be Seb because he had, a, he had almost a good qualifying. He was almost hoping for Q2 if Daniel Ricciardo hadn't crashed there. And as for loser, I must say it's Valtteri Bottas. I mean, man, what he is he doing? He is he has, he ends up late at Baku. He has a very bad qualifying session. He ends up around in P9, P10. And he gets overtaken by almost the half of the midfield. I mean, how much bad can can this be going for Bottas. While uh, in the sister car, Hamilton almost qualifies P2 and almost goes for the win unless at the last moment. So, yeah. Yeah, thanks, Shubham. Thank you. So, uh, we'll move on to the next one. We also have Arif and Rohan. So, uh, Rohan, a winner and a loser apart from Seb and Valtteri. Yeah, so for me, it would be obviously Lewis Hamilton. I mean, he had the race, man. And this is not the first time that we are seeing Lewis uh, try to do such a uh, such a dangerous overtake. He has done that in in past, and he has done it countless times, and he has succeeded always. I don't know. It's probably just the Baku curse that has that has hit him hard, and probably some karma because obviously the boat has incident but yeah i won't don't want to talk about it don't want to make this controversial but yeah i winner i think it would be a very favorite driver of mine uh, fernando alonso i mean i was coming to that i was coming to that fernando alonso i was, I was trying him, to select that guy <laughs> yeah thank you rohan for bringing that up Everyone just forgot about Alonso. Yeah. How can you forget about Alonso? What a drive. Absolutely. 
he had a brilliant restart i would say i mean on the use of fires he was he was good he was really good and i think we'll end this with uh, with arif's uh, prediction i mean his winner and loser arif very quickly if you can if you have someone who stood out for you so when it comes to losers i will go for daniel ricardo i think it's the fifth race in a row He just did not doing that great for McLaren. He is pretty disappointed with himself and with Lando Norris. Do you think at like he finished at P6? If I'm right, uh, I'll correct you there. P5. If I'm right, I'll just okay, correct you there. P5. Okay, P5. Yeah. Okay, P5. And he is out of top ten. So again, a disappointment. Baku, Baku for him. Up despite of the fact that he has been good at Baku in last few of we all remember that we all remember that famous crash, but still he has been good in Baku. So for me, he will be the loser, and same answer for me. It will be Fernando Alonso. I think I hope Rohan will miss this thing, so I can tell the name of Fernando Alonso. But me, for for me, he is the winner, man. What a drive again! At the absolutely, I think I think Fernando has won all our hearts today. Yeah, because everyone everyone was questioning him that is he that is this second round is in this in his second arena will he be good enough or? Will it be good enough to even drive the car or not? With uh, Ocon doing good job at uh, at uh, Renault, but he has outscored. Not he has outscored everyone. And this race, I think we just like Sebich back. We can also we can also say that most probably if Renault will provide him a good car in the upcoming races, he will give some good points in it. That's what. Yeah. That's my side. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Arif. And I think if you would ask me, I also want to point out to this one man. the man from japan yuki sunuda he yes. crashed out in the end of the qualifying and he was a little gutted and yes that kind of dented that young man's confidence this is just his sixth race and he's come out p7 ahead of carlos sainz and i think it's been a good race for him and given his age and his inexperience around a tough track like baku and with a 11 km per hour tailwind across the final part of the track i think he's done a fairly decent job so i think i i definitely call him as a winner and i think if any one of you would want to know who is my loser i'm really sorry i have a heavy heart in saying this but it's carlos sainz he really was in a good position to probably make it to the top 5 uh, with given these incidents but the way he locked up uh, and you know he completely lost his shape and he took so much time to just overtake uh, antonio giovanazzi and then finally even after the restart despite being on good soft tires he could not get past uh, yuki sunuda and uh, i think for me signs wasn't very good he, i expected better of signs maybe because he's been very good in the ferrari he just finished a solid p2 in monaco but yeah and with that i think we'll end this thank you so much arif shubham and uh, rohan for your valuable contribution and time and uh, to the ones who are still listening to us thank you for your patience and i hope you enjoyed this please do check out our instagram facebook we are this podcast will be live by tomorrow on spotify we have apple podcast google podcast anchor so please please do go check it out and please uh, stick with us and we'll shall see you very soon with our next podcast which uh, will be right from uh, the next race is in france yes so we'll be back on 19th of june with the french qualifying but maybe we have a surprise for you with some technical discussion or something so stay tuned and thank you so much guys